We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Welcome to the Friday Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. I'm Derek Van Riper, filling in for Paul Bruno, joined today by John McKechnie. Pull the car over, get the pen and paper out. He's at Johnny McKex, J-O-H-N-N-Y-M-C-K-E-C-H-S on Twitter. I think I actually almost botched that. That was, that was frighteningly close to an error. I uh, think I might need some uh, some some brand advice from you to to rebrand my Twitter handle because I mean when when we spell it out loud on the air, it's like ugh, I, I cringe almost. <laughs> so I think think we may need a rebranding here soon. It, as much as I hate to give him credit for it, uh, Nick Whalen went with just Whalen, but the L is a one, and yeah. explaining that is easier than spelling your Twitter handle. So you do have. Uh, you do have some branding work to do. I'd be happy to try to help you out, although excellent. I have no idea how to market anything, let alone a person. Uh, icebreaker for today. Vegas trip starting up this weekend. 
you're a veteran of Las Vegas, at least in the Rotowire sense. You've been before. Uh, last year, was that your first time ever going to Vegas at all, or was it just your first time on the Rotowire trip? Yeah, that was my first time going to Vegas, so it was just kind of a lot to process at once. But uh, this year, I, I kind of know what to expect a little bit more. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, the first thing I learned about Vegas, and fortunately, it was, it was just so hot the first year I've been there. It's always hot during the All-Star break there because it's the middle of July. You have to significantly adjust the amount of alcohol you would typically consume in a pool setting. If you spent six hours by a pool in Southern California or even the Midwest this time of year, you might just drink a six-pack of beer over the course of the afternoon, and it wouldn't matter. In the desert, if you do it in Vegas, you will wreck yourself. Like You have to actually drink water. It's like the most important basic thing to remember. Like When you're in the desert, you actually do have to hydrate if you're going to do the, the day drinking thing. Yeah, it'll totally sap your energy otherwise, and you'll like pass out in your hotel room, sleep through dinner or something unfortunate <laughs> like that. Not saying that anything of that nature happened to me last year, completely at least. I've, <laughs> I've seen it happen to several people over the years, so I, I don't think you have much to be ashamed of as far as being alone in that boat. A <laughs> uh, lot of other stuff to talk about on this slate, a huge, huge slate. But what are you looking forward most to the trip uh, this year? Uh, I think... First and foremost, I'm looking forward to to finally meeting my my usual Friday co-host Paul Bruno. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna be like cool to actually hang out with him in person because uh, you know obviously he's recording from Canada all the time. Uh, I'm also just looking forward to just cutting loose with the guys in in a non work setting because uh, I think this really is the one time of year where we can all kind of get together and there's no sports to to really be worrying about so i think it's going to be a lot of fun yeah no one no one has to miss out you know everything kind of shuts down as as a company for a few days we've got a few people that stay behind younger people that run it everything works out um let's start talking pitching i mean today is the most robust slate of pitching i've seen in a while top tier options you've got six at ten seven or above jose fernandez he's always great at home eleven seven against the Reds. Uh, Jake Arrieta is on the road against the Pirates at 11-3. Chris Sale, 11,000, even on FanDuel, home against Atlanta. Corey Kluber, 10-9, home against the Yankees, a deceptively bad lineup, I think, when you start to break them down. And then you've got Steven Strasburg going up against Noah Syndergaard. That game is going to happen at City Field. 10-8 on Syndergaard, 10-7 on Strasburg, two guys that are hopefully healthy and going to pitch very well. Uh, but because they're going up against each other, it almost kind of rules them out as uh, viable options because chasing the win tonight is going to be really important with so many quality options out there. And that's going to ultimately make the difference between some of the top pitchers tonight. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then you look at how City Field kind of operated last night. Obviously, you didn't have two frontline pitchers the way that you know, Syndergaard and Strasburg are, but uh, I think there were like eight combined home runs last night, maybe more. Uh, there was just a huge amount of runs. So it seems like both these offenses are clicking. Uh, so not only do you, is the win going to be tough to, to pick out uh, between Syndergaard and Strasburg? But, I mean, it's a possibility that neither of them uh, end up putting up a great output in general outside of the win uh, just because of how these offenses are playing right now. So which way do you want to go for cash games if you're paying up for one of these top arms? Tier 2, by the way. Uh, Cole Hamels at 9,500 against the Twins is kind of interesting. The next two guys, uh, Chris Archer, at Boston at 9,100, I have no real interest there. Nope. And even Jeff Samarja at home against Arizona, I'm not crazy about Shark. He's just had some pretty ugly form for the better part of the last two months now. 
What are you doing if you're paying up for a pitcher in a cash game? I'm going to pay up uh, full on here. I'm going to go with Jose Fernandez at 11-7. You know, he's coming off his worst start uh, of the season by by a pretty good stretch. And I think that might scare people off, especially considering uh, it came against the Braves. Uh, But then you have to uh, also... Uh, remember that he was on the road he's not quite as good on the road as he is at home he's kind of human on the road really but uh, at home he's just been absolutely lights out uh, 172 home ERA 0.88 whip uh, his he's striking out 5.2 batters for every walk that uh, that he registers at home and he's going against the Reds and the Reds have the force, fourth worst uh, weighted on base uh, on the road of any team in baseball this year so I think those things uh, line up very well in Fernandez's favor and like you said chasing the win a little bit here tonight uh, I think Fernandez uh, is a really really safe bet obviously highest price pitcher you'd assume that but I think uh, those kind of factors kind of uh, solidify that in my mind yeah I think it's 1a and 1b for me Jose Fernandez if I can afford him would be my first choice it's just a matter of having that extra 700 bucks to get him instead of Chris Sale I know Jake Arrieta has been fantastic against the Pirates but I don't really like throwing starters against the Pirates. I know that's probably a mistake in certain instances, but 11-3 is a pretty competitive price uh, for a guy like Arietta. You never know. I mean, Francisco Liriano's been bad, so it should be a good spot for Arietta to get the win. But Liriano just seems like the kind of guy that it's going to click. Slider might come back, and then suddenly he can go back to being the guy he's been for the better part of the last three seasons. Uh, I look at Chris Sale as the option I'm probably going to have the most. He might be the most heavily owned pitcher tonight because he's home against Atlanta. Matt Whistler has the ball for the Braves. If you look at the season-long splits against lefties, the Braves have a 619 OPS as a team against Southpaws. Only the Phillies are worse at 612. And those two teams are on an island. I mean, they're at least a standard deviation worse than the next uh, next team on that list. The Dodgers are 28th against lefties in OPS at 651. So a pretty big difference, like more than 30 points from the Dodgers down to the Braves. I think Sale, even though the Ks are down for the season, I'm not really worried about that tonight. The Braves have some guys that can swing and miss quite a bit. They mix in some very fringy, like typical bench players or, or regulars in their lineup. So this could be a great spot for Sale to put up one of his best starts of the season, even though the Braves have been a little pesky at times. You mentioned that Fernandez start uh, last time out. Starting to look at the bats for cash games especially. We'll just go position by position. Actually, a lot of these guys apply to both cash and tournament, really. Uh, Starting behind the plate, what do you like at the catcher spot today? Uh, I like... There's a bunch of catchers that I think have nice uh, value and nice matchups, but I I think Luke Roy of the Brewers at 3,300 at home against St. Louis is kind of what I'm targeting. Uh, He's He's been kind of a thorn in the Cardinals' side so far this year. He's slashing uh, 345, 355, 517 with two doubles and a home run against the Cards. And he's going to be at home where he's better, and he's going to be facing Michael Waka, a righty. And Luke Roy's got that reverse split going on where uh, he's he has a 941 OPS against righties with seven home runs. So those are really favorable numbers. And at 3,300, that's not really breaking the bank, even at catcher. Got a few names that jump off the page. Wilson Contreras, still interesting, 2,700. James McCann's a great punt play. If you want to get some exposure to Jay Happ on the cheap, he'll be in the bottom third of the Tigers lineup, and even 2,000 is the price there. And you got to find some ways to cut cost at certain positions if you're going to afford you know, a sale or a Fernandez type 
as your pitcher tonight. I don't mind Steven Vogt at 2,700 against Colin McHugh. We've seen McHugh have his uh, share of troubles with the big fly throughout this year. And if you're going to pay a little more at catcher, I think a guy like Victor Martinez could be an option. I look at Jonathan Lucroy as one of those players. He's, he's rarely a bad play. I'm just trying to figure out what can we expect from Michael Walker at this point. It seems like the velo has ticked up a bit for him more recently, and he's starting to uh, round into form a bit more, at least compared to what people were expecting from him back on draft day. That's true. I, I think that uh, the fact that it's going to be in Miller Park sort of uh, mitigates my concerns over it. I mean, Waka, like you said, he has been uh, kind of turning a corner of late. Uh, but at the same time, I just love that that Harris Park. And I just think that Luke Roy is going to be able to to touch him up for at least like an extra base hit. Uh, I think he's going to he's good for like double digit output tonight, in my opinion. Could definitely see that moving over to first base today. You got a cheap option, you got a mid range option, and at least a couple guys that you like. Uh, one of them's AJ Reed going up against Daniel Mengden. Uh, Reed hasn't done a lot just yet as a big league player. It's still very early in his career, of course. But at that price, I do see a lot of GPP appeal. Yeah, there. That, that's the the main thing here. It's twenty three hundred. He he is a rookie. He hasn't really uh, immediately clicked at the major league level. But he's going against another rookie, and he's twenty three hundred. Left handed power bat going against a righty. Uh, I really kind of like how that sets up for Reed. If you if you're really punting at first base, but I think my favorite first base option of the of the kind of mid tier is CJ Cron. Uh, of the Angels, 3,100 going against Ubaldo Jimenez uh, at Camden Yards. So there's a lot to like there as it, as it is. Pretty much any time Ubaldo takes the mound, I'm expecting him to give up five, six runs. And uh, I think the Angels are capable of doing that against him. And Crone has just been uh, just on a ridiculous tear over the last week. He's got five home runs, 15 RBI, and he's still sitting at 3,100. Uh, that's pretty shocking to me. And he's done most of his damage on the road in general, the seven home runs and 829 OPS on the road. So I like how the, how those factors all line up going against Ubaldo. How about you for first base? Yeah, first for me, I, I like Miggy as a chalk play going up against Jay Happ. 3300 is the price there. I also like Will Myers going up against Scott Kazmir in one of the late games. Same price as Miggy, 3300 You can do everything. I mean, he can hit for power. He can steal bases. Dodgers bullpen's not great outside of Very Kenley Jackson right now. Yeah, a little little fatigue too. So either one of those guys seem like pretty viable options too. So first base, as it often is, with plenty of choices. But CJ Crone's one of those players I think is still flying under the radar just a little bit. I mean the the recent binge, of course, has drawn some more attention to him. But at thirty one hundred, getting a park boost against the guy in Ubaldo who is just all over the place. I have a hard time properly timing the market on Ubaldo. It's just a long time stumbling block for me right but crone at 3100 i think makes a lot of sense i mean i think of the angels as one of those teams that people don't like them they just like there's one of those teams they're not good right now for the most part like they they don't have a bright future other than mike trout you're not really excited about what the next few years might bring mm-hmm. but they get a pretty big park boost almost anywhere they go because anaheim plays pitcher friendly that's right and uh i think I think, you know, that perception, like you said, about using Angels is true because you look at the bottom of their lineup in general. I think one through five, they're really at least respectable. But once you get past uh, the number five hitter, it it tends to be kind of guys that you, like you said about the Braves, kind of guys that you would expect to be reserves at best on other teams. So I think that kind of knocks off some of their appeal a lot of the time. But uh, Crone's recent binge uh, has just been so 
uh, ridiculous, really. I mean, 15 RBI in a week is just stupid. So at 3,100, uh, I can't really say no to that. What do you got at the Keystone today? Uh, I'm going to go with Murph, uh, Daniel Murphy, 3,200. Uh, going against his old team, I know he's facing uh, guard, so that's it's not great. But at the same time, Murphy just has it out for the Mets. It seems like uh, very clearly. I think uh, someone said it uh, really well when the Dodgers were playing the Mets earlier this year, and Utley just put one out uh, when in the midst of all those boos. He was a human middle finger. I think Murphy's sort of a human middle finger 2.0 uh, tonight. I think he's going to be able to do some damage. And then if you want to go for a cheaper option, uh, Devin Travis at 2700 at home going against Mike Pelfrey. Uh, I think that you know Travis hasn't been. Uh, as stellar this past week i mean i think you know a week or two ago he was one of the more highly priced second basemen so to get him at 2700 going against a guy in pelfrey that you know he he doesn't always get lit up but you know there's a chance that he could so i, I like travis there at 2700 as well yeah more often than not Pelfrey's going to get knocked around a bit tiger's bullpen doesn't really scare you at all either so i'm with you on travis he's kind of my cheaper second base option that i'm going to use tonight uh, Jason Kipnis at 3,300 is still interesting against Chad Green. The only downside is if the Indians aren't carrying a lead into the late innings, the Yankees come in with their bullpen, and Ugh. it's pretty much lights out once that happens. But I think they can get to Chad Green early enough uh, to see some of the lower leverage Cleveland, or to see some of the lower leverage Yankee relievers rather as that game unfolds. If Jerks and Profar starting, he's in the mix for me at 2,800. I actually like Ian Kinsler at 3,600 if you can afford it because he also uh, gets Jay Happ in that Toronto matchup. Uh, so a couple different ways you can go at second base. At third today, I'm locked in on one guy, and it's Justin Turner at 2,800 against Andrew Kashner. I know Turner is even better against lefties than he is against righties, but that OPS against righties is surprisingly good. Turner, after a really slow start to the season, kind of had two down months coming off microfracture knee right. surgery, really got going in June, and I think where he's hitting that lineup especially makes him a great value tonight against Kashner. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, I really like that play as well. With the twenty eight hundred going against Kashner, I think it is really kind of making me reconsider some of my third base picks. Uh, plus, I don't know if you saw the Justin Turner giveaway item at the Dodger Stadium from a month or two ago, but it was like a a chia pet of Justin Turner with the beard. Uh, I think that's one of the best giveaway items I've seen across baseball this year. So I think that gives him a boost as well. <laughs> oh, I like that. There's a Harper chia floating around too. Uh, anybody else you like at third? Uh, I like Yunel Escobar uh, of the Angels again. Uh, 3,300 going against Ubaldo. He's 10 for 26 lifetime against Ubaldo. Only three extra base hits, but you know, still like that matchup. He's hitting close to 500 over the last week. And uh, Aaron Hill actually going against the Rays, going against Chris Archer. Uh, it's going to be his Fenway debut tonight. Uh, and I think the Red, a lot of the Red Sox writers were really uh, fawning over his career Fenway numbers uh, last night once that trade went through. He's a career 308, 349, 490 hitter uh, with seven homers and 15 doubles at Fenway. Uh, and he's been doing really well against righties, uh, 292 uh, batting average, 803 OPS against righties on the season. And he's going against Chris Archer, who's uh, been pretty dreadful on the road especially. So I think all of those things kind of line up uh, where Hill might get overlooked a little bit because there's some really good options out there at third but uh i like the upside there actually surprise more than i usually would because uh you know the new debut uh really favorable history in that park closing out the infield where do you go short 
I think you have the best uh, picks. If I'm a listener, I'm listening to your picks at shortstop, but uh, too low at 3,200, uh, kind of same reasoning as the uh, Devin Travis uh, pick. You know, just cheap, going against Pelfrey. Uh, you just like that lineup. You like their ability to string string hits together, string some runs, to get, push some runs across. So 3,200 for too low, I think that's a fine one, but uh, I think you have the short, like the best picks for shortstop tonight. Shortstop's been surprisingly easy to deal with in recent weeks. I mean, you've got Corey Seager at 3,000. It's the Jeez. same matchup as Justin Turner, so you could pair them together going up against Kashner. Carlos Correa, 2,900 against Daniel Mengden. I mean, Mengden could be a, a nice starter for the A's in the next couple of years, but I don't have any reason to fear him. So if you can get an elite guy like Correa at that price, even though it's righty-righty, why not? Javi Baez, 2,500 against Francisco Liriano if you have to go cheaper. And I do like the Tulo call as well. So you, you have four very good options, all at reasonable prices tonight at shortstop. Just one of the easier positions to fill. And I can't really recall a time in the last two or three years since I started picking up a lot more DFS where I, I would I would look at that position and have multiple options that I actually wanted to play. I think Trevor Story is only 3,500, and he's at home. It's against Vince Velasquez, but we've seen Vince Velasquez implode at various points, so I don't look at that as a sure thing. Velasquez could pitch well and still only go five. Right. Then you get four innings against the Phillies' bullpen. You'll take that. Yeah, you'll take that anytime. And uh, I know that Velasquez has been pretty good about you know not not being an extreme fly ball type of guy but cores can cores can kind of tilt the scale a little bit obviously and uh stories obviously been making that push to get that last all-star uh, i think he homered twice last last night and he's still only 3500 so uh, there's a lot to like in that one too if you want to pay up a little bit more some good news pertaining to the Rotowire Vegas trip. I have successfully checked into the flight while recording go. this podcast with you before not bad for getting in there right away so flying solo out there it's not like i have to get a seat for someone else should be easy enough to get the aisle seat that i covet the best deal ever though is when you catch a front row seat on southwest for the extra leg room that's awesome man i i need to step up my flight game i've pretty much just been doing uh like delta or united recently and then uh me and the boys flying out sunday morning we have spirit airlines so do you you have to like put a quarter into the armrest to get the armrest to move (laughs) Probably. I mean, it was, I think it was 70 bucks total to bring a carry-on. 70 to bring a carry-on, like 35 each way or something yeah. like that. And you're going to pay like 250 or 3 bucks for a soda if you want like a Coke on the way there. Probably like 18 bucks if you want a Jack and Coke. Yeah, I'm going to have to do my, my uh, drinking at, at O'Hare before we get on the flight if, if we're going to go that route. Because, yeah, it's very uh, frugal. On that, that's on that the pro. other. That's the other pro tip. If you are going to Vegas and you're getting in pretty early in the day, which I think you are, you're flying in the morning. Not necessarily a place where you have to do a lot of the airport drinking. Like you will get plenty in when you get there, but it could be a, a massive day. Could it be a career day for you if you get started at the airport? So you got to think about that as a possibility. Yeah, and then uh, the the jet lag factor. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe I'll just push it up to like a seven for Sunday and really kind of save myself for, for going nuts on Monday or something. Tuesday is the optimal day with the uh, the big dinner we've got. That's that's the one. This is true, but at the same time, I mean, that just leads to the to the really tectonic hangover uh, that when you got to you got to stay home. Yeah. Yep. Because I had to deal with that last year. I think my flight, uh, I had like a three-hour layover in Phoenix, uh, and that's in my flight was so early that I wasn't hungover yet. But once I got to Phoenix, that's when it kicked oh, in. No. Like, oh no! So you were fatigued, and it kicked in after you were like halfway back. That's not 
See, learn my lesson. Not ideal. That's, that's, that's the experience you have. You'll watch somebody else make that mistake. You'll see Ben just completely. <laughs> yes, I will. Ben, Ben's gonna, ben will hurt himself at some point on the trip. I mean, you'll have to keep an eye out for him. I will. Uh, moving over to the outfield. What are you doing there today? Because I look at the outfield, and it's actually a little more difficult than usual. It's kind of like switched with shortstop somehow. I mean, there are quality options, but you got to pay up to get them. Yeah, you really do. I think the the one guy that I'm really considering using that pay up uh, type of move is is Tyler Naquin uh, going against Chad Green at home. I mean, Naquin slugs 602 against righties, 992 OPS. All eight of his home runs come against righties, so I like him going going a lot tonight. Uh, I think the Indians are going to be able to push some runs across, and then I think George Springer at only 3100. I mean, come on, kind of the same logic you use with Correa. I don't understand how he's that cheap going against a rookie at home. Uh, Corey Dickerson's always a guy that I, that I consider going against a righty, and he's he's going against Sean O'Sullivan, who's probably not going to be lights out by any means. Uh, yeah, this I mean the that Red Sox Rays game is kind of interesting uh, across the board because I don't think either pitcher is going to do particularly well. Uh, I think you you could definitely do. Uh, you could do a lot worse than stacking some of those really chalky Red Sox guys because Archer is not only is he bad on the road, but then say you knock him out after five innings, say he's like really inefficient, like gets that pitch count up really early. You get so much exposure to that raised bullpen. I mean, you saw the Tigers last week, I think, put 10 runs, make a 10 run comeback on the Rays in like a two inning span uh, just because of that bullpen. So uh, there's a lot to like uh, from that aspect, in my opinion. What do you like in the outfield? I actually am gravitating towards Matt Kemp right now, 3,300 going up against this former club. It's, again, Scott Casimir. I don't really fear Scott Casimir at all. Kemp's numbers against lefties are really good, and compared to other players with similar splits, he costs a lot less. Uh, you start looking a little further down, Randall Gritchick might be in play for GPPs, even though it's righty-righty. 2,900 is a nice little price there. I like Josh Reddick going up against Colin McHugh at 2,600. He should be hitting third in that lineup tonight. Right. That bodes pretty well for him having the platoon advantage, and McHugh certainly uh, no stranger to the long ball. Christian Yelich against Dan Straley at 3,200 is pretty interesting to me, too. I know Yelich is a guy that hits the ball on the ground a lot, but Straley's really started to implode. If Straley has a terrible start, you get to that Cincinnati bullpen, which is the bullpen you still want to pick on the most. So I, I'm kind of interested in getting at least a little piece of that Marlins offense, and I think based on cost, Christian Yelich might make the most sense. Yeah, I like that pick a lot too. And one game that we just kind of haven't really mentioned a ton other than uh, you bringing up Mazzara is is that uh, Twins versus Rangers game because I know Hamels is going to be on the hill uh, for the Rangers. I don't think he's been as strong at home as he has been on the road, but for whatever reason, the Twins seem to just love uh, beating up on the on the Rangers. I mean, they had, they put up like 17 on them last night, I think, or uh, last weekend. Uh, and then also last night, I think the the Rangers had to resort to using a position player in the ninth inning to pitch. Uh, so, I mean, do you think there are any Twins bats, uh, I guess some right-handed bats that, that you would consider tonight? I would have used Miguel Sano as a GPP option, but he's 4000 Jeez. Not enough. Of, I mean, he's cheaper earlier this week since coming out the DL. I don't think he's cost anything close to 4000 yet. If he was 3000 he'd be in some GPP lineups for me. Uh, I'm kind of staying away from uh, going up against Hamels because I think Hamels is a viable option from the second tier. Uh, but I do like getting Mazzara, among others, from the Rangers. I mean, Mazzara's cheap. He's hitting low in the order, but they're going to turn the lineup over enough times where I don't think lineup position is going to matter all that much. 
Uh, if he's hitting seventh or eighth, it's not going to be the end of the world tonight. He's right. cooled off a bit recently, but Kyle Gibson, just a guy that I don't, I don't really believe in as a quality starting pitcher. Plus, plus you get the fact that it's going to be in Texas where, where the ball can definitely fly out. So, you know, like you said, they're going to be turning that lineup over a good bit. So no matter where Mazzara is hitting in that lineup, you, you like the matchup a lot. Probably 95% humidity at Arlington today. We'll have to check that out when we look at the weather in just a few minutes. MLB season is here, and that means daily fantasy baseball is in full swing. Go to FanDuel.com to play now. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stand to the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1, and anyone can play. If you had just one chalk play for today, John, who would it be? I'm going to go with uh, not really rocket science pick here because he's the most expensive dude on the slate, but I think Fernandez at home is is about as safe a bet as you can get on a given day, uh, especially when you consider... Uh, the fact that the Marlins' offense has been pretty solid looks like Stanton might be turning a corner a little bit. So if they can if they can hit around uh, Straley, I, I believe there's the red starting pitcher is you know they're going to push some runs across and then they're going to get to that bullpen. So Fernandez is going to get that run support that you want, and I think he's just going to be uh, just striking people out left and right against a team that's pretty feeble on the road. Yeah, you went chalk arm and Fernandez. I think I like the idea of building around them. If you can find the cheap bats that you like, hopefully some of the names we threw out there are helpful in, in making that happen. Miggy is the chalk bat for me. I, I just I love the price at 3300 There's so many expensive hitters in part because Colorado's at home and because you have some lower-end starters going up against good offenses. Uh, my favorite stack of the day is Toronto going up against Mike Pelfrey. The problem is it's hard to afford you know, two or three of the Jays' big boppers. That's where part of the appeal of Devin Travis comes from. You can get exposure to Pelfrey without having to overpay to get it. Right, yeah. You definitely you definitely are going to have to pay through the nose to get a Donaldson or, or an Encarnacion or even Saunders, something along those lines. So, yeah, if you can get a Travis or a Tulo, uh, 2700 and 3200 respectively, I uh, definitely like the idea of stacking some Jays against Pelfrey. I like Anaheim against Ubaldo sort of as like a – I don't know if it's it's not contrarian, but it's just a little bit off the beaten path. I don't think a lot of the times you come into a Friday slate being like, yeah, I'm going to put like two, three angels in my lineup. But, you know, when it's Ubaldo, when it's in Camden Yards, I kind of like that. Uh, Cleveland versus uh, Green, I think that's, a, that's another uh, solid thing. But at the same time, kind of like what you mentioned with most of the Jays, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you to put multiple Indians into your lineup uh, because they're so potent in so many different ways. You know, you got some guys that uh, stolen base threats like Davis or, or Lindor, uh, and you got a lot of power there like Napoli or even Kipnis, although Kipnis's price is pretty solid as well. And then I, I like the Red Sox. Uh, I think that's always a, a good stack to use, uh, especially going against the Rays tonight. Got some big over-under totals. Phillies-Rockies now up to 11.5. I think this morning when I started putting this together, it was only 11. Not surprised that ticked up a little bit. Uh, Tigers-Jays also looking at 10. Rays-Red Sox at 10. Angels-O's 9.5. Twins-Rangers. I think it was 9.5, and and that one's jumped up to 10 as well. So a lot of high-scoring games expected on a night where there are good pitchers going elsewhere. You get the right combination, the bats and arms. You could see some huge numbers in those big field GPPs. Uh, if you're going to take a, a more of a tournament sort of flyer with your pitcher spot tonight, 
who would you go with from the bottom half of, of the pitcher price list? Uh, I'm probably going to go with uh, Matt Whistler. Uh, I mean, it, this is one of those things where it might just be crazy enough to work. He, he's only 6,900, so that that really affords you some serious room to to fit in uh, a lot of those bats that we've been talking about that uh, are on the higher uh, price side. And I mean, I know he's going against Chris Sale, so that's a really tough sell. Uh, Whistler's been pretty solid on the road. He's got a 3.82 ERA, uh, strikeout to walk ratio, but well above three. But at the, I just think that the the sale maybe hasn't been as electric as uh, over the last month as usual. He's been you know sort of mortal a little bit, at least compared to what he was earlier in the season. So maybe there's a chance that those pesky Braves can push some runs across again against him. And then Whistler, uh, I think he, he has like the ability to maybe get some K's from that White Sox lineup that doesn't really scare me. So he might, he might go, you know, six, seven, uh, might not get the win, which, you know, would stink, but at the same time, he might get the strikeouts to kind of, uh, lessen the sting of that. I think if I were going to go with a cheaper pitcher today, and I don't even know if I'm going to build a lineup like this, Michael Walker is interesting to me. His last five starts, he's averaged 36.8 fantasy points per game on FanDuel. Not surprisingly, he's got a 278 ERA, 121 whip during that span, 27 to 9 strikeout to walk ratio in his last 32 to third innings, and a couple home runs, only two allowed during that span. So it just seems like he's started to right the ship after a disappointing start. Brewers can do damage at Miller Park, of course, but you think about that lineup as one that when they're off, they swing and miss a ton, and oh, yeah. that can bode well for a higher upside sort of night for a guy like Waka. So maybe I'll throw a 3 or $5 tournament entry in there with Waka just to see if he can keep his recent run of success going against the Brewers. Last time out, he was home against Milwaukee, only went five innings, scattered nine hits, allowed two runs, uh, struck out six, walked one, and got the win. Didn't even pitch that well, got the win, still put up 39 points. So nice. that's the uh, appeal, I guess, of going down uh, the Waka path if you want to do that today. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up before we sign off, weather doesn't seem to be a major concern anywhere. I'm looking at the uh, the backup for Kevin Roth. His weather report has a lot of green-yellow uh, the one game that received a yellow grade is the Nats and Mets, and I just don't I don't want to use the hitters against those pitchers. I don't want to use those pitchers really against each other. So for me, that's kind of a non-issue. Yeah, that's yeah. You you like the? I mean, it's just a good 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 idea to probably avoid that game as much as you can, especially from the pitching perspective. And then uh, you know, aside from Murphy, it's tough to really nail down uh, a hitter that that you really love tonight with Syndergaard or Strasburg going on the mound. Check out that heat map today if you get a chance, though. Find the hottest temperatures if you're looking to break a tie between some players because the ball should be carrying most like most parks tonight. The ball should be flying like crazy mm-hmm. given how warm and humid it is all over the country. That's going to wrap things up for us here on the Rotowire Daily Fantasy Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Remember, the first time FanDuel users can make a deposit of $25 or more via Rotowire and get a six-month complimentary subscription to the site. Check out Rotowire on your own. Just go to rotowire.com slash pod. Get a free 10-day trial. No credit card is required for the free 10-day trial. For John McKechnie, I'm Derek Van Riper. We'll be back after the All-Star break a week from Friday. Paul and John will kick things back off for the second half. Have a great weekend. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. 
Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.